Live Spring number 98. How you doing? You talking to me? Nah, I'm talking to you. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. I see you there. Welcome. Welcome to LifeSpring. I have a very special, very different LifeSpring today. I've got my favorite brother-in-law. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that because other brothers-in-law listen too. I have one of my favorite brothers-in-law with me today. Have a pastor, chaplain, friend, daddy. Not my daddy. Somebody's daddy. Steve O'Brien. You've heard him on the show before, and of course you've heard him on Life Spring Sunday. And uh, I asked him in here today, actually because of a couple of things. Last week I was listening to a podcast, and I'm not going to name the podcast because when I went back today to find the clip, I, I, I didn't find it. I know it's there, but I just had other things going, and I had it kind of going in the back of my my listening, and I, I just missed this reference. But this other podcast made a remark about what's going on right now in Lebanon with Israel and uh, Hezbollah, or Hezbollah, however you want to pronounce it. It's spelled a couple of different ways. And then I also got an email from a listener. And let me read the email to you. Steve hasn't heard this email yet either. Uh, but I think this is a good jumping off point. This is not going to be your typical life spring. But with the conflict or war, whatever you want to call it, that's going on in that area of the world right now, and because I think that perhaps we're not all hearing everything we need to hear about what's going on there. I thought it was kind of important to, ad- to address it. So that's what's going on here. Uh, if, if you don't want to listen, that's fine. We'll, we'll you know, catch you on the next show. But I hope you do listen. I've made it a point not to have LifeSpring be a political show because I think that the reason I'm here is not to talk about politics. I, I believe that God called me to do this show to proclaim his name. But at the same time, um, I really feel led to address this issue on the show today. And if you disagree, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. I, I'm not here to, to create enemies and I'm not here to offend anybody. But I am here to talk about truth. And I don't think the entire truth is being told. Now, do I think that I have all of truth? No, n- no way, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I do think that some of these things need to be talked about, and they're not. So, as the music fades away, let me begin reading the email. It says, Hi, Steve. I'm a worried man these days. My village, Rakia al-Fukar, and I'm probably not even pronouncing it properly, but it looks to me like Rakia al-Fukar in South Lebanon is under attack. And he sent me an image. And the image shows uh, an explosion from a distance. 
And what I'll do is I'll put this image up on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. But the email continues. He says, this is a 100% Christian village with three churches. The Greek Orthodox Church was hit by a 155-millimeter phosphoric forbidden artillery bomb while 200 people took refuge in it. And then he sent me a link to the village homepage, which I will also put on the show notes page. My listener says, I spent more than a year in this village, and I have a lot of friends in there. There are still nobody killed in the village, but I feel pain for them. I relive my memories from June 1982, and it ain't good memories. We got shot at by IDF, or Israel Defense Forces. One of my fellow Norwegian UN soldiers got killed. I don't feel good now, and I'm in a lot of pain. I was helping the rebuild Let's see. I'm, I was helping to rebuild their village after Israel had bombed it for the third time. Now Israel have bombed it for the fourth time. Can you imagine how growing up under these conditions are? And he says, I will ask you and your listeners to pray for my dear friends in Rakia al-Fukar. And then he closes with, I can and will not defend Hezbollah or Israel's actions. And then he sends another link. So I get this letter. And then on this other podcast, the host said, this is not a a direct quote, but very close. Something like, Israel is offended and then goes and bombs. They get offended and they go bomb. I believe that in much of the press, And in most of what you hear from the UN, people are coming against Israel and making Israel the bad guy in this. And there needs to be balance. And so that's what, hopefully, this this show will be today. Steve, do you have any comments? What did you think of that email? Hmm. It was interesting. Um, I don't... I don't know who his friend is, you know, that he was talking about. And, you know, I've learned that you don't take anybody, any word at face value, just at face value, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, if they're telling you about an event, um, why, you know, why would they have done that? Why would they have uh, fired a rocket in, in, you know, into that village? Um, we are, we already know from this war that um, when you, you know, they have a, a camp or a headquarters in the middle of nurseries and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and then you fire to, to get rid of the headquarters. Uh, the, the idea is that, um, um, that you would, you know, not only get them or, you know, the idea for us is that we would just get them. But the idea for them is that, Oh, if, if, if they fire on us, then we'll put that in the news and it'll be all about children. Well, I do know from some of the reading I've done today, and we also know from what has been found in Iraq, that homes, buildings that are supposedly civilian mm-hmm. uh, are being used as uh, depositories right. for weapons, weapons and, and bombs and, and on and on. Now, uh, in my mind, and I think in the rules of war, if if you are allowing your home to be a cache for weapons, you're no longer a non-combatant. Right, right. You're no longer a civilian. 
And I know that much of what is being said on the news is that uh, hundreds and hundreds of civilians on the Lebanese side are being killed. Um, and that's where the, the question is begged. Well, these weren't there weapons in these homes? And they've also now found that a lot of these weapons are in some of the mosques. Right. If memory serves me, I, I, you know, again, I'm I'm not condoning just any kind of murder of or any kind not. of you know thing like that. But but if memory serves, I re- remember many a broadcast of bodies strewn all over the street after a bombing, where somebody just went in and took their uh, uh, took uh, went to a restaurant or went into a you know and blew up a. a um, uh, a facility where there were civilians. The, the suicide bombers. Yeah, yeah you just walk right in and... Boosh. Okay, let's go back to what kind of precipitated this present battle. It's uh, been said that it's the kidnapping of these soldiers, with two Israeli soldiers, I think it was. Yeah. But I don't even think that's really the beginning of it. I think no. what, what brought it about was the dispute over this small territory called the Sheba Farms. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this area is the border between Israel, Lebanon, and Syria is right in in that little area. And it's never been agreed upon, at least not since the 1930s or 40s, as to actually where the border is. Right. Uh, Interesting. There was a a French representative of some kind, and I forgot exactly what what their... um, position was, but they were responsible for making the border clear back in 1930 or 40, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And no one in the area could agree where the border was. And this French advisor said, unless this border gets agreed upon, agreed upon, there's going to be trouble. Right. And... Back in nineteen or back in two thousand, when Israel pulled out of Lebanon, it had been occupying part of Lebanon. It pulled out, and according to the UN treaty, they pulled out of Lebanon according to the letter of the law. Now, all of a sudden, both Lebanon and Syria are disagreeing on where that 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 border is, that border is mm-hmm. and the Hezbollah is saying Israel is still in. Lebanon and Israel has pulled out according to the UN agreement in 2000. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what has caused this dispute. The, the way I see it anyway. Right. And then Hezbollah takes these kidnaps, these two soldiers. And Mm -hmm. that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Is that, that's not a surprise to me though, because if you read the, the documents put out by Hamas and, and Hezbollah, um, they're, their design and idea is that uh, until all of Palestine is under their flag, they're not finished. Okay, define all of Palestine. What is all that? Of Pal- Palestine is is uh, it's Israel. It's it, you know it's the entire area, and um, you know again in their documentation um, they have written down this is our goal until every uh, inch. Of this land is under our flag and under our control, then we're not, you know, we're not finished, and it's okay uh, to declare a jihad, which is struggle. They're they're going to they're going to struggle against uh, anyone that has control of this land because it's holy land to them too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's you know 
it's religious in nature and uh and absolute uh fervor and i mean they are just uh uh very strong in their beliefs about it and so that for them to dispute over the land i mean to have a border drawn and then to dispute over that border is not a surprise they're not going to stop until it's uh, you know if if they go by what they're saying on in on paper right they're not going to stop until uh the mediterranean is their border right right now as i was reading hezbollah's um spiritual father if you want to say mm-hmm. is the ayatollah khomeini right and so this is the mindset this is their background this is their their way of thinking that they're zealots well they're zealots mm-hmm. um anything having to do with the west is anathema to them mm-hmm. they're, as you say they're not going to stop right we're zion uh, to them i mean they look at us and they and because we support israel uh we are zion we as the United States. We as the United States are Zion. So, I mean, it, you know, any anything that we do now in that area will be considered uh, helping Israel, and and we're we're just Zionists that are trying to control, you know, the entire area. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the very beginning of this. In Genesis chapter sixteen, Abram and Sarai are told by God that they would have a son, and that He would bless that son. Mm-hmm. that many nations would come from him. Right. And they waited 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 and no baby came. And so Sarai says to Abram, you know what, let's, I'm paraphrasing here, let's help God out. I have a handmaiden and you go in and you make a baby with her. And maybe that's how God wants to have this promise come true. And so this, the handmaiden's name is Hagar. Mm-hmm. And Abram says, well, okay, and they have a baby. Well, when she's pregnant, when Hagar, when Hagar is pregnant, she begins to taunt Sarai. Mm-hmm. And Sarai says to Abraham, Abram, hey, you need to deal with this because I'm not going to have her making fun of me, basically, right? using today's vernacular. So Abram says, you know what, you're going to have to leave. And Hagar leaves. And then it says, The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now with child and you will have a son and you shall call his name Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. And so Ishmael is the father of the Arab nation. Right. And so all the way back then is where the dispute started. Oh, yeah. And the angel of the Lord said that, again, to quote, he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Right. Well, even in, I read in an article the other day that um, the, the 
inhabitants of the Arab inhabitants of Jerusalem call themselves themselves the Jebusites that are from the Canaanite tribes, mm-hmm. and they felt that they were there first. Mm-hmm. We were here first. Uh, this is our land, right? And to to make it clear as well, this area we we discussed the uh, Sheba Farms. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Okay. They are on the northwestern flank of Mount Hermon, which is the northern border of the promised land that God gave to the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. This is land that has been disputed over since God told Abraham, go take that land. Since Old Testament times, yeah. Yeah. And so these border disputes that are happening now Mm -hmm. are just a continuation of something that happened, what, 4,000 years ago? Right, definitely not new. Um, they, they disputed them then, um, and um, I think that they'll dispute them until, you know, until it's over. I mean, and by over, I mean until, until Christ comes back. I think that, I think that it's, you know, it's going to be a battle between them and uh, our, 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 the Arab people and Israel for centuries mm-hmm. or until Christ comes. Until Christ comes. And every day we, we open the paper and you say, wow. It could be today. Mm-hmm. Now, for my listeners, could <laughs> it could, could be. Uh, for my listeners that, that don't know a lot about end times prophecies, um, we might, Steve and I, be discussing this uh, more in the future mm-hmm. uh, because it's something that we do believe. Mm-hmm. We, as followers of Christ and believers in Christ, believe that he will return to earth one day, not just in spirit, but in body, and that uh, he will rule mm-hmm. on the earth for a thousand years. We're not going to get into a whole prophecy right. show right now. But uh, so does that mean then, Steve, that we should just kind of um, let it all happen and and not be involved because it's all part of prophecy and uh, there's there is no way to make this go away? What mm-hmm. do you think? Well, I, I, a way to make it go away, I, I don't think that's possible. And I'll tell you why I don't think it's possible. The the you know, if you do study prophecy, I hate to keep going back to prophecy, but, yeah. you know, if you study prophecy, you see it there, and that's futuristic. I mean, that's in the in the future when uh, the coming of Christ is, is, you know, is happening. So I don't think that you can make it go away as much as you can pray for the peace of Israel at this point and pray for the innocents mm-hmm. that are there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to see anyone get hurt that doesn't deserve, you know, to be— uh, hurt or crushed or you know that that kind of thing i i you know even you you talk to any kind of marine or soldier you know in our army in our military and if, if civilians are are hurt or wounded they are they're concerned and, and they're very protective of of tr- you know of trying not to uh to hurt or maim any of the civilians but but you know, in a, in a conflict like this, it's a, it's almost impossible not to. Mm-hmm. You know, if they you know if they open their home to something that is that is um, weapons or you right. know that, that kind of thing, they they become involved. Right. And by the way, Israel ha- bends over backwards to tell the people in an area, "Hey, we're coming in." Right. They put out leaflets, and I don't know what else they do. Right. But they tell them, "If you if you're not a non-combatant, we're giving you fair warning. Get out." Right, because we're coming. Yeah, it's, I mean it's a, it's a policy for. I mean, this is another U.S. policy, and by Geneva Convention is is uh, as a chaplain, uh, 
I'm a non-combatant. Right. However, if I were in an area, if I were, let's say I were dropped in an area where there, it was a battle zone and I would pick up a weapon, mm-hmm. the moment I picked up a weapon, I am no longer a non-combatant. Right. I am a combatant. I think the same principle is here. You know, uh, they may be non-combatants. Um, we don't know who's there and what, you know, why they're shooting at the area. But if they in any way, shape or form uh, appear to become hostile, then all bets are off. And if they're going to fire at us, we're going to make sure that they're um, they're silenced. Right. Right. Well, that's so. that's fair in war. Mm-hmm. War is terrible. I mean, it's, it's horrible. There's nothing good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I but there comes a point. It says in Ecclesiastes, doesn't it, that mm-hmm. there is a time for peace and there is a time for war. Right. Um, you know, we we uh, everyone strives for peace, mm-hmm. but you cannot have peace at any price. Right. Israel has a right to be there. Right. Israel has a right to their land. Right. If they're going to be attacked, which they have been, mm-hmm. consistently. And, and for attacked. a long time, yes, for a long time they've been attacked consistently, and they have also consistently constrained, constrained yep. exactly. Yeah, but they've there's come a point where they've said that's enough. Yeah, I was I was talking to a group of people one time where it was when the first Gulf War broke out, and they were asking, you know, everybody goes to Revelation and Daniel and and those books and talks about, oh, could this be the end? Could this be the you know the, the finale? Um, and I always say, you know, it's, it's not a real big deal unless, unless, um, unless Israel gets involved. Yeah. Because when it's just, uh, other nations, um, meaning us and France and, you know, whoever gets involved, um, then it's, you know, they're almost trying to appease, you know, we understand what you're doing. Uh, we don't like it, but we, but. When Israel becomes involved, it's, it becomes a religious matter to them. Right. And, you know, we don't want to get stuck in the middle of a, a religious war. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, we already are. Uh, to, to us and to the Muslims, uh, that might be true. Mm-hmm. But the policy and, and it, the verbiage, that when they go over, they, they say this is, has nothing to do with religion, right? As far as the, is, the official government stands, exactly. Right. They, this has nothing to do with religion. You came over, you attacked us. We are attacking you because you attacked us. Right. That's it. Right. They, they try to make it, you know, known that that it's not a religious part. You know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't become that. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because their their beliefs are so strong. Right. I have a statement here from Israel Defense Forces Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Dan Halutz. He says, this conflict was forced upon us. We didn't choose it. Mm-hmm. Terror activity is what brought us here. We withdrew from Gaza and Lebanon, not planning to go back. But this cannot be used against us. We will fight terrorism wherever it is. Because if we don't fight it, it will fight us. If we don't reach it first, it will reach us. The restraint we showed during the years was interpreted by the enemy as weakness. I think that in this matter, they have made a grave mistake in assuming that we would persevere in abstention and restraint. Now, we must bite our lip and continue the mission to restore our safety. 
In the end, we will examine every operation and investigate every event. But right now, the commanders have full backing. It is not the time not to support them. We are fighting battles that prove terror is close to our borders and that, and that don't leave any shadow of a doubt as to what their intentions there are. And then he went on to detail how Hezbollah built up its infrastructure over the years and presented, um, he showed a short film to some news people illustrating how terrorists use religious institutions to store weapons, and that has been proven out. Mm-hmm. Hezbollah, which gained control in Lebanon, planned for long-term war. It built infrastructure, armed itself, and trained solely to attack the state of Israel and had no other purpose whatsoever, Halutz said. So, you know, that's that's the statement from them saying, mm-hmm. look, this was forced upon us. Right. And, you know, if, if it's not taken care of, if terrorism is not taken care of there, like you said, it's going to continue and it's going to escalate. Right. This is just my opinion. Okay. okay I'm going to say something that's just my opinion here, and you, don't, you can disagree with it all you want. But... Um, from the scriptures, one of the things that uh, that is said in the blessing of Abraham and the blessing of Jacob and the blessing is those who who love you, I will love them. You know, I will take you know, take care of them. those who hate you. You know, uh, I will. You know, I, he will come against them. I personally believe that even though uh, you know there are many that believe that 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 we have kind of taken Israel's place, and I I just can't see that. And I, I feel that uh, Israel is, is still God's people. And as a matter of principle, in the, in the, in the scriptures, uh, I will support them because they're God's people, not because they're all good people. I think that it, in every city, in every country, you'll find people that are not necessarily ethical. Right. But uh, on the whole... Uh, when I'm when I think of Israel, I think that's God's people, and um, if 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 I curse them, then I am cursed. I you know I I, I just think that that's that's part of what of the blessing that He gave Abraham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there are certainly things that the nation of Israel does that is not right. Mm-hmm. But as you say. It's incumbent upon us, especially as believers, mm-hmm. I mean, just as individuals, to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Now, if I pray for their peace, that also means, by the way, that I'm praying for the peace of their enemies. Right. Because if there's peace, that means that there's no fighting on either side. Right. And so it sounds one-sided, but it's not. It's it's a two-sided thing. You know... I think it's important to say that God loves these people on both sides. The in, the angel told Hagar that they would be blessed. Mm-hmm. God doesn't hate the Arab people. No, he does not. Just because Israel is God's chosen does not mean that he doesn't love everyone else. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came, he came for everybody. He didn't come just for the Jews. Right. And so, you know, please, if you're listening to this, thinking that we are ganging up against those that are against Israel, that's not what's happening. 
It's more, I, I think, I see it more as a, uh, like a firstborn type of thing. It's not that they're, you know, they're all children. They're right. all in the same family. Right. But um, Israel has a certain responsibility that's been given to them. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if I'm a father of a family of four, and my firstborn son has the responsibility of taking care of things, and my their siblings begin to argue, I'm going to support and say, hey, look, this is something, you, you know, that I support this son in. And if you come against him, I've sent him to do this. Mm -hmm. If you come against him, you come against me Mm -hmm. because I want this to happen. I think that God has placed the responsibility, uh, a lot of responsibility on Israel and Israel. They're his people. I think that they, they've just, um, they lack only one thing. As far as I'm concerned, they only lack one thing and that is Jesus. I still feel that they're his children and, and, in every book of the Bible that I read, I, I see his love for them. He cares about them. And, and I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, how in the world could God have chosen that group of people as his people? Because they have screwed up so many times on so yeah. many things. And I looked at this person, and I said, really, I see Israel as a type for mankind. Absolutely. Because we all have screwed up, have messed up. <laughs> yeah. We all do boneheaded things. Right. And Jesus died because of that, for mm-hmm. that, so that we didn't have to pay the price for messing up. Right. And Israel messed up in, in many ways, but they've messed up in the not seeing the Messiah for who he is. Right. But as you said, they are like the, the firstborn, and that doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. Right. But it also doesn't mean that God doesn't love the secondborn and the thirdborn, et cetera. Right. And I think that, I, you know, the reason that God is very long-suffering with them is that he has a plan for them. There's a plan, and if you look out, look again throughout many books of the, of this, of the Bible, that you'll find that, that um, his plan is, is most important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he will consummate all things at the end. Mm-hmm. He, he will bring everything together. And when we see it all, um, we'll understand it. When, uh, you know, uh, when Israel um, doesn't behave in the way that they should, do I believe that that's, you know, oh, I, should, I should support that behavior? No, I just, I just no. like here, if, right. if, my, if my brother-in-law would do, you know, would do something that I disagree with, I would probably go right to his face and say, hey, this is not right. I, mean, you, I love you, but that's not right. And you know? you've done that. Yeah. And and we get in a fist fight and no, we <laughs> yeah, don't. Right. No, we don't. <laughs> I run faster than you. <laughs> that's true. You got short little legs, but they go fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I believe that, um, again, I, I think that it, it's just incumbent upon every Christian um, as we look at the, at the, the, the time that is closing, I think we need to. Uh, do what the Bible tells us to do, which is which is honor what God has. I mean, Israel is is in charge of uh, you know of a certain part of His plan, and uh, we will love them and pray for them and pray for their peace. And I, you know, I you know I look to Arab people that uh, are very friendly and loving, um, and I, I pray for them too. I yes. pray that God would bring peace so that they would not suffer the innocent people that would that they would suffer i don't i don't think it's always up front that uh there are people that that want war that want mm-hmm. conflict 
uh, and that conflict, and if you look at some of the Muslim belief, that uh, the, out of the conflict will, will come um, their consummation of all things. So, right, right. Um, I said on my show a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think it was on the Lifespring show, I think it was on maybe In Touch, that I believe even the terrorists want peace, mm-hmm. but they're going about it in a way that is 180 degrees opposed to the way most all of Western society would agree with. Right. We all want peace. Right. We all want to be able to, to get along and, and have an absence of conflict. Well, if you were taught that if you go out there and you cause chaos, and out of that chaos will come the, you know, the final state of things and it'll be better. Right. Okay. Um, if, you know, from a, from a little child up, if you were taught that, then it, and it's in your, in your brain and, and this is what we've got to do in order to bring it about, then it, I mean, I understand, I understand why they do what they do. Right. But, um, I just disagree with it. I just feel like that that's, that's not the way I, um, my scripture teaches us that, um, the way that you bring peace is, um, that, that we love our neighbor like we love ourselves. And if we're a martyr, it's not because I go in with a bomb strapped to me. It's because I preach the gospel and I'm killed because they don't like what I'm saying. Right. That's a martyr. That's a martyr. Okay. If I go in with a bomb strapped to me, I'm a combatant. Uh, you're a murderer. Yeah. That's how I see it. Right. A combatant kills another soldier. Right. A murderer kills somebody who has no involvement at all right. in the battle. Well, I think that we've said what needs to be said. Do you have any other scriptures that you wanted to uh, bring to the to the table? I don't know that I have any other than what's already been said. You know, I, I can't quote from Revelation without getting into a discussion about prophecy. But, you know, from Old Testament to New Testament, I feel like the, the scriptures— there's a line through them, uh, uh, a thread, if you would, um, that says that God loves his people and he has a purpose, not only not only for Israel, but he has a purpose for all of us. He just chose to accomplish that purpose through Israel. And I look to the happenings in Israel to see, is this the time of redemption? Is this the time when we will, when, when God will consummate all things? And I I, it, some of it is is good, you know. I feel like, oh yeah, this is it's it, this could be it. You mm-hmm. know, the, you know, Christ could return very soon. Um, some of it, I look at it and I feel like I, I feel sad. It's scary yeah. uh, to think of war in this. In, I mean, on this scale, because it's huge it's, involvement here. That everybody's getting involved. You know, Russia and China's making comments, and and America make makes comments, and and I mean, everybody's involved, right? So, it, 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 you know, that part of it's scary, and I don't want, you know, our families to be hurt and everything. But, right. but there's coming a time when there will be peace, and that, that'll be brought about by Christ himself. And what's really cool about it is at that time, everyone will look at the way he brings everything to a close, and they'll, they'll praise him. Right. They'll say, you are good. Right. And every knee will bow. That's right. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right. And uh, the the non-Christians, the non-believers in the world, look at that as something very, very scary. Right. But those of us that know him, those of us that have experienced his love 
and his compassion mm-hmm. and understand the, the tender father heart that he has. We look forward to that. Yeah. And when everything does come to a close, it will be something that everyone will say, yes, it is good what he has done. Now his graciousness, I already has, I mean, he shows his, his grace by, by writing it down. There's a, I mean, the plan's already written out. You just have to read it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's where I found as a as an individual that uh, if I believe what the scripture says, then I'm going to look as a matter of principle to Israel and say, well, they have they still have a job yet to do. Mm-hmm. Um, will they be judged? They'll be judged right along every aside everybody. As a matter of fact, um, if you if you study Old Testament stuff, usually it's the the teachers and the those responsible who are judged first. Absolutely. And you get great responsibility, you, you're judged first. So um, I, I see them as having a responsibility right now. So. They, have a, they have a grave responsibility. Well, with that, I want to thank you, Steve, for being a part of the show today. My pleasure. And dear listeners, if you have any comments, please send your email to steve.lifespring at gmail.com or Pastor Steve O'Brien at gmail.com and uh, this has been a very different life spring I hope it's been somewhat enlightening to you Um, and I invite you to listen the rest of the week for the rest of the life spring shows this has been an In Touch Productions podcast God bless you the best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Pod Show, and Limelight. <laughs>